And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Hello and welcome into the Non-Negotiables podcast. It's Tuesday evening and we're looking forward to tomorrow's Champions League tie against Porto. Um, Before we get stuck into that, just a quick wrap-up of what's been happening in the Premier League over the last few days. After a huge win at Burnley and, uh, of course, Liverpool's big win at Brentford in the morning, Man City dropped the ball a little bit. They failed to beat Chelsea at home. Both teams missed some huge chances and Haaland especially missed a couple of sitters. Um, I mean, you expect Nico Jackson to miss them sort of chances. You really don't expect it from Erling Haaland. Um, One thing of interest here, last year as everything came tumbling down, we followed Man City almost the entire way. They would play first, they'd win, it would lump all the pressure on us and then we'd have to respond. And eventually it just got too much for us. And I really do think it makes a difference who's playing first and who's playing second. It's a bit like in penalty shootouts. You you think it shouldn't matter, but the fact is it's something like 66 or 67% of teams who go first in a penalty shootout end up going through just because when you pile on that pressure, it becomes a little bit more difficult to respond. Uh, next two weeks, we go last. So it's going to flip again. And as of right now, there's no schedule from beyond the first week of April um, because Sky and TNT haven't made the picks for their live games yet. But I'm interested to see how this shakes out, see how it see how it works with the fixtures. I'm hoping that we get to go first um, a little more often because, like I said, I do think it makes a difference. Man City won tonight. They played Brentford. They won 1-0. Um, quite honestly, I think that's about as good a result for us as we could hope for. Brentford are, are really bad. They were so poor against Liverpool at the weekend. I, I honestly thought they might go there and, and chip eight tonight. I, I, I really had no hope of them getting anything. Um, but as it was, it was, it was just the one. And even the goal was actually from uh, a slip by Asia when he was left one-on-one with Haaland. What Brentford were doing, you know, they'd defended quite solidly all night. They'd, they'd kept in shape. And then all of a sudden, 71st, 72nd minute, they just sort of flooded forward and left Haaland one-on-one at the back. One ball over the top, one slip, and that's it. He's in and he scores. But like I said, I was expecting them to win that. Um, and I think that just the one goal leaves us with a healthy goal difference advantage over them, which, you know, again, might not be crucial, but it could be in the end. Um, so I think that's about as good as we could have hoped. So basically, that leaves the top of the Premier League table looking like this after 25 games played. Liverpool are on top with 57 points and a plus 35 goal difference. City are second on 56 points with a 32 goal difference and Arsenal sit third on 55 points with a 36 goal difference. Man, this title race is tight. It's as tight as it gets. It's as tight as I can remember for a while, especially with three teams going at it rather than just two. And this could swing on the games against each other. You know, um, us and Liverpool, we've got our games out of the way. City, you've got both of us left to play. 
Um, they go to Anfield in a few weeks, and then we visit the Etihad at the end of March. By then, we might have a pretty clear indication of where everybody stands, because, like I said, they're the they could be the games that really decide this title race. I think we've got the more tricky running, I would say, because we go to Manchester City, we go to Manchester United, and we go to Tottenham. Um, so we we may have the more the more tricky running, but this one. This one's there to be won, and over the next few weeks, we're going to see this play out again and again. I'm not sure you're going to see that many twists and turns in it, because quite honestly, I'm not sure the three of us are going to drop that many points, but we'll see how this turns out. All right, so on to the Champions League, and uh, it's a preview of the Pulo game. It's the round of 16, first leg away from home at the Estadio Dragao. Um, we've got a pretty poor record there. Um, the head-to-head -head between us and Porto is we've won all three games that we've played against them at home by uh, an aggregate score of 11 to nothing but we are winless in all three away games where there's been one draw and two defeats the last time we played them was the only time we've played them in the knockout stages and again it was the round of 16 in 2010 uh, we beat them 5-0 at the Emirates Nicholas Bentner Lord Bentner knocking in a hat-trick how about that um and we went out there and we lost 2-1 in, in what effectively really was a dead rower because, like I said, we were five up from the first leg. Uh, something similar this time would do would do very nicely. But these away games in Europe, man, they're, they're tough. I mean, you've only got to look at what happened to us in the group stage when we won all three home games. We scored 12. We didn't concede any. And we only won one away. Now, one of those games obviously was a dead rubber. It was the last one away at PSV where we went and drew 1-1 in a game that really didn't matter but still away games are, are tough you know Lund shocked us away Sevilla was you know reasonably straightforward as, as as away games in Europe go but they're not easy to handle at all and you know you rarely win the tie in the first leg away from home but you can lose it and I think it's important for us tomorrow to come away from there with something you know a, a draw isn't a bad result I, I'm never one to settle for a draw um, but obviously that would be hugely advantage to us if we come away from there with a draw in the group stages they lost to Barcelona twice and then beat both Shakhtar and Antwerp twice so pretty much as you'd expect I guess um, they're a high pressing team It'll be interesting to see if they keep that style against us. There's no way they haven't seen our last two away results. And there's no way that they're not thinking, you know, we can't get beat three or four here because then it's over before before it starts. So I do wonder if they'll be a little bit more cautious than they usually are. You know, you have to remember they play in the Portuguese league and it, it's a bit reminiscent of PSV really where there's only a couple of couple of teams that really challenge them every year. But Porto haven't been doing great in the league this year. They are third, obviously, behind Benfica and Sporting. Um, but they're seven points off the pace. Their last three games have been a bit of a, a mixed bag. They beat Estrella at home last week. But the week before, they lost to Aruca. And the week before that, they drew 0-0 at home to Rio Ave. So they're in they're in patchy form, really. Um, I, I kind of feel like they might be a little bit more defensive than... They are usually, it, it doesn't make any sense for them to come and try and attack us, right? There's no point in them coming at us, us scoring an early goal and then all of a sudden it's over. I think they might be a bit more cautious with that. It wouldn't surprise me if this was a, if this was a draw, a very cagey match. 
and then we come to the Emirates and you know I think we I think we'll blow them apart at the Emirates if it's if it's a draw coming into that. Um, for the team news, Fabio Vieira has travelled to Portugal. It looks like he will maybe not necessarily play a part, but certainly be on the bench. It's good to start getting some of these players back. Um, Partey, Jesus, Sinchenko and Tomiyasu haven't made the trip. And obviously Timber also hasn't made the trip. It's come too soon for them. I don't know what the deal is with Tomiyasu. And I'll be honest, I'm worried about it because I think you always worry when Tommy Asu gets injuries. These two-week injuries for Tommy Asu can turn into three-month injuries. And it's obviously annoying that he didn't play for us for, what, six weeks? Goes away with Japan, starts playing for them, he's come back and he's not available again. And it's so frustrating. You know, we spoke earlier about the fact that we go to the Etihad at the end of, of March. And I don't want to go back to the Premier League, but I do want to point this out. It's the weekend immediately after an international break. And it's an international break that I've no doubt Kevin De Bruyne is going to miss with a slight pull on his thigh, which will mysteriously clear up on Thursday. Um, Erling Haaland will pull out because he lost some hair in a training ground scuffle and he won't play, whereas Martin Erdegaard's going to go 90 minutes twice. You know, all these things pop around your head because we've seen it all before. Um and with Tommy Asu going away with Japan, playing for Japan, then coming back and being unfit for us again, it leaves a bit of a sour taste in the mouth. You know, it's it's really not it's really not what you want to see. Um, and and his new contract is going to be announced within the next couple of weeks. And although I'm happy he signed a new deal because I think he's a great player, I think he's an excellent player for us. He's just not available enough. You know, and we've got a we've got a problem here really because we've got. Partey, Jesus, Zinchenko, Tommy Asu, and Emil Smith-Rowe. And all of them are unreliable. Every one of them is unreliable. You can't count on any of them. And you can carry one or two players like that in the squad. You can't carry four or five. You just can't do it. So that needs to be addressed, I think, in the summer. I don't know how we do it because I don't know that the market for any of those players is particularly big if we want to sell them. Um they're on big money and everyone else can see the injury problems that we can see. We would want big money for them and I just, I don't know that's going to happen. So it's, it's just a concern. Um, as for what the actual team might be on the day, like I said, I think Fabio Vieira will be on the bench. Hopefully we'll see him get a few minutes and he can start coming back to, coming back to fitness. I have a feeling Jorginho might play in this one. I think he might come into midfield. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a similar role to the one he played against Liverpool, where Declan Rice stayed in that six role and Jorginho played a bit further forward. That wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if it was Havertz that dropped out and it wouldn't surprise me if it was Trossard that dropped out and Havertz went to nine. But there is a left field one here. Um, Martinelli played the full 90 against Burnley, whereas both Trossard and Havertz come off was that playing into the fact that maybe Martinelli gets a little rest in the week. I don't know. I mean, I would be surprised. The round of 16 in the Champions League away game is not where you rest players. So I would be surprised if that was the case. But like I said, I, I do think there is a, uh, I do think there's a good chance that Jorginho comes in and plays on this. You know, we had the same team out twice in a row. It would be unusual for us to have the same team three games in a row this season. Um, but when you look at it, the options are not that strong to come in. I mean, it's only really Jorginho and Emil Smith-Rowe you can see coming into this starting lineup. 
So I don't know, maybe he goes the same again. We've got Newcastle on Saturday, which is obviously another must win. It is at home. Maybe the answers get the job done here and then get out and play get out and play Newcastle knowing that the second leg of this is is over and done with. Maybe that's a thought process. I don't know. But we'll see. Um the sporting goalkeeper Diogo Costa, who's a uh, he's a pretty highly thought of player and you know they they really like him. He's his quotes on Arsenal were interesting. Um Arsenal have weak points. They need to show us they are one of the favourites. I don't have a problem with that quote because I think that pretty much sums up Arsenal right now, right? Like, we are what we are until we're not. We haven't won anything yet with this squad. Um, even the FA Cup win wasn't really this squad. That was a squad that Arteta inherited and he's basically changed the entire squad since then. So we do have to prove it. You know, I think that we are one of the favourites for this. I think we're definitely one of the top three teams in this competition, but we've got to go out and prove it. We've got no European pedigree to speak of. We've won a UEFA Cup and a Cup Winners' Cup. We really have underperformed in Europe for years and years and years and years. It's a disgrace, our record in Europe, to be quite honest with you. So we do have to go out there and prove it. And, I, you know, I don't have a problem with a player saying that because they should be feeling that way. Um, Arteta had his press conference earlier tonight, and I just want to pick out a couple of uh, a couple of little quotes. Um, first one, he was asked how much belief he has that the team can go deep in the competition. And he said, it's great. We have earned the right to be here. It's been seven years since we've been at this table for this kind of match and 14 years since we've been able to go to the next stage. That's the challenge. That's what's ahead of us. And we are really excited to face it and to go for it with full belief, that's for sure. I am confident in this team. I mean, I think everybody knows that. To me, I think this is the best team we've ever had. Um, I'm not going to talk on the 30, 1930s teams because I didn't see them. Uh, my granddad would wax lyrical about Alex James for hours on end, but I never saw him play, so I really can't comment on them. It's not like there's uh, hundreds of hours of video archive for you to go and look at. So I really can only talk from kind of the 80s onwards. Um, and I think most people would consider you know, our best years to be that 97 to 2004 era. Um and I think this team is better than those teams. Now, they haven't won anything, so they've got nothing to back it up. But there's a difference between being the best and the most successful, right? Um, I just, for me, this team is better than that team. And I do think that this team is going to do something big. I, I, I genuinely do. I think this team will be recognised as the best in our history when all is said and done. But they've got to go. They've got to go out and prove it. And I think they're ready to do that. The other quote... Um, that I want to bring up was uh, whether it's important not to underestimate the first leg of the round of 16. We know how tricky it is. We've been here two or three months out of the competition and now we have to face a really different stage of it. All the teams are very, very tough. We have little time to pre prepare between the two games and the ball is rolling. You have to be very ready because the teams are also very prepared and very dangerous. And I think that's the attitude, right? Like you can't go in even though this is a this is a tie that we should be handling reasonably comfortably. Sporting Lisbon last year was a tie that we should have been handling reasonably comfortably, even with some injuries, even with some players being rested and the fact that we were still going for the title at that point. We didn't do it. And that's what it comes down to here. I think the focus is going to be there. I definitely feel like Arteta is going to have this team screwed on and you know only dealing with the game at hand because that's all you can do. And, you know... I feel like last year is really important in this because I think to be a really successful team, I think a lot of times you have to go close, 
before you get there. Right, like Liverpool went close before they toppled Man City. Man City went close before they eventually got over the line against QPR. Even the Man United dynasty that started, you know, back in the early 90s, they went close with Leeds the year before. Um, the year before they actually won it. And I think last year, you know, this team have definitely taken defeats, taken past scars and used them to put them right. You know, we all remember St. James's Park last year and White Hart Lane last year. And we've done it even recently. You know, we had that bad loss against West Ham at home. We went out at the Council House, the London Free Stadium. We went out there and smashed six past them. And there's this team definitely takes motivation off the back of stuff like that. So hopefully going so close to winning something last year and then not doing it because of the collapse at the end. Hopefully we've learned from that. We definitely seem to be coming more into form at the right time, whereas last year we were we were losing form right around now. You know, we just had, I think by this time last year, and, you know, feel free to correct me on Twitter if I'm wrong, but I think we just had those, the the you know, the couple of little bad results before we played Manchester City and got beat at home by City. I think that was in the middle of February too. We had them, we had that nil-nil draw, uh, at home, to, we had the, the the Ivan Tony goal that shouldn't have counted against Brentford. That was around then. So, you know, we've we've been here before now. Whereas last time we hadn't been here before, not necessarily in the Champions League, but I mean, you know, getting close to the biggest prizes. And I do think that will stand us in good stead. So, that's enough for tonight. Um, I think it's um, it's a great game tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to it, and I'll be with you guys after the game to give you my thoughts. It will be. Straight after the game, I'll be on to, to react to it. And then maybe on Thursday, after I've had a rewatch, we can go through it again. But thanks a lot for joining me tonight, guys. Um, looking forward to the game tomorrow. And uh, I will speak to you after. Bye-bye.